Welcome to All Saints Community Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. We are a community of worship and formation on mission with Jesus. Our desire for you as you listen is to be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit as we read the scriptures and to be mobilized to actively bring God's kingdom to the earth. For more information on who we are, visit allsaintsokc.org or follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at ASCCOKC. Today's passage is John 15, and before we read it, I want to share a little bit about what it's about. This passage is about intimacy with Jesus. It's about who he is, the life that he offers us, how he gives that to us, how he fills us up with it, and then how he wants us to give it away. When I was uh, college age, 1996 to be exact, um, I had a season of dear intimacy with Jesus. And I, there, he was doing something in my heart. I was about the age of this group over here. And, and I just wanted to be with him all the time. And I, it, was a super, it was his doing. It wasn't because of me. He was drawing me to himself. And I was in his word. And at the same time, I also had a deep sadness. And it was an interesting juxtaposition to be called by the Lord with deep intimacy and have this vulnerability of sadness that really didn't make sense. In hindsight, I was, I was likely depressed. And I spent hours in, the, there's a prayer tower out here, spent hours with the Lord in his word, connecting with him, um, abiding in his word, letting his word abide in me, weeping, asking him to lift me up. And it was a dear time. And out of that place was a lot of his fruit in my life. But I also have, I'm now much older, so there's been many, many years since that season. And um, it's hard. I haven't always had that draw and that pull to just sit in the presence of God, right? That was, a, that was a season in my life. But I know that Jesus wants us to connect with him with intimacy and abide with him and be aware of his presence and connect with him as, as a life practice because out of that place is life. And so I had to build into my life some practices that helped me stay, um, not stay connected because I'm his and I'm good reformed theology. I am his and I will always be his. He is in me and he lives in me. But to abide in him, to turn my heart and to turn my mind, uh, to face him and to be in his presence and to walk a life aware of his presence is not natural for me. I had a season of it, but I've also had 30 years of it not being so. So I had to build into my life practices. And I'm growing in those practices and growing in knowing my need of them. And this passage will provide some, some things that you can do to lean into Jesus as the true vine, the source of life, and from whom all good things that come out of our life come. So we're going to read the passage in its whole, but then we'll break it down in just little sections. Okay? 
And Brock has this practice where when we read the word, we stand. I, th I think that's neat. So I want to do that today. If you guys could stand. And we're going to read John 15, 1 through 14. Excuse me, John 15. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch could not bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, because apart from me you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you ask for whatever you wish and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that your joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No greater love has anyone than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. You can be seated. I'm going to need to get a tissue. Excuse me. Sorry, you guys. So the first thing I want you to see is there's a progression in this passage, and it will help you, uh, it'll help you keep track of how it goes. If we can see the slide that has just the outline of the whole passage. So what, we'll, what you'll see in the beginning is Jesus is defining himself. He's, uh, he lays out some benefits of him abiding in us. Then we, we've got an invitation where he says, abide in me. And then there's a, even a greater definition of what he offers in the abiding, which is his love. And then ultimately, he says, give it away. And so we end the passage where he's saying, give it away, the love that he gives to us. So let's look at verse 1 through 3. I am the true vine. We're going to stop right there. I am the true vine. So the first thing, this is Jesus talking to his disciples. This is the first thing he does. He defines himself and distinguishes himself from counterfeit sources of life. What are the counterfeit sources of life? For me, it's easy. I can define those counterfeit sources of life easy. My children, my family, my marriage, a mentor, status, am I polished? Do I, did I do a good job? Right? Like, so for me, it's pretty easy for me to say, uh, to, sometimes I try to get my life 
from these things. Now, don't get me wrong. Children are good. They're a gift from God. And God lets us experience some of his fruit through, his, through our children, right? These things are not bad things, but they cannot be sus- uh, expected to sustain us. They cannot, especially children. Children can't have the job of being our life source. Um, that, that, that's a hard life as a child. Jesus, only Jesus can be that life source for us. Uh, mentors, uh, pastors, don't, man, don't try to find your life source from a mentor or a pastor because we're sinners and we'll fail you. And when that gets cut, when that gets cut, if that's the life source or you're trying to get life, get your, be sustained from a person, um, it's not longevity. It doesn't work. So Jesus is saying, I am the true vine. I am the source of life. Come to me. Then he says, my father is the vine grower. Another, a better word for that, sometimes it's translated farmer. So you got God the Son and God the Father here, and he's saying God the Father is the farmer. He's, better, he's, the, he's the farmer of farmers. We have some people here in the church um, who are really good with um, gardens and growing and such. I am not. I grew, uh, I planted four tomato plants this year and two pepper plants. I got four peppers about this size. In, in, in entirety, and then three cherry tomatoes that were smaller than nickels for, for the whole season, for the whole season, and I watered those things, I put miracle Grow. I did all of the non-organic stuff that you're supposed to do to make it, nope, death, 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 not one fruit, <laughs> God, when, when God says, when Jesus says of his father that he's the farmer, that is good care. He knows what you need. It is attentive. It is all, it's the farmer of farmers for you specifically. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. That word removes, man, I was like triggered by that a little bit and then Then I opened up my Blue Letter Bible app, which gives the original language, and I learned that word is actually, better translated, lifts up. And I'm like, man, that's refreshing, right? (laughs) And there's some commentaries that back that up for me. So it's not just me and my wishful positive thinking. Um, The OG word is the original Language, Greek word, is better translated and is sometimes, often, translated lifts up. He lifts up every branch in him that bears no fruit. And here's why this is, this is so key. This is an invitation of leaning into the Lord with vulnerability. He's saying, so, so when you, the visual is the vine is on the ground. It's not producing fruit. And he lifts it up to get some sun, to get some air, and to produce some fruit. Our good God sees that you need lifted up. And he does that. So, so my charge to you would be let him. And part of letting him lift you up is an omission of vulnerabilities. 
where your needs are. And man, let me tell you where I have needs. I need to be a better parent. Lord, lift me up because I want to see your fruit. Now, I love my kids. They're here. But man, they live with me, so they know my shortcomings. Right? And I know I'm speaking to the choir. Right? Let go to the Lord. Don't, you don't have to get it all together to go to the Lord. You can say, I need to be lifted up. Help. And then when he sends the help, go. I don't know if you need counseling. I don't know if you need to go to a marital class. I don't know if you, you know, need to go talk to somebody. Go Come forward for prayer. I say do it all. Let him lift you up and produce his fruit in those places in your life where you need him to lift you up. He removes, lifts up every branch of me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. Ouch! Right? He prunes, and actually, that word is better translated cleanse. Either way, whether you translate it prunes or cleanse, he's making your environment better because he wants your life to reflect his product. He wants you to produce what is of him. So he, he will, if you will allow him, cleanse you and prune you. And this is a, this is a dangerous prayer, but I would pray it. I say I would pray it. I've had seasons where I've prayed it, and then I've had seasons where I've run from it. Lord, would you remove from me what is keeping me from producing your fruit? Right? Now, that, that I mean... And then I, then I pray, in mercy and grace. And remember your grace and your mercy, sweet Jesus, right? Remember your efficiency. Remember your kindness. And he is all of those things. He doesn't remove it with a big, like a ha, ha, ha. Our, our Jesus is kind. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. So now Jesus is saying, there's, there's already evidence of my life in you. And it's because of the word that I've spoken to you. That word, word right there, is not logos. It's not talking about the written word. Now, it, it's the word rhema. Rhema is just God's word, words from God that are alive. Now, that's true. His word, his logos, is rhema. His, his, the Bible, the written word, is God's words that are alive. We know that from Scripture. It teaches it. But also, God's words come in other ways and through his body and through words of encouragement and sometimes through dreams. And in John 10, we learn... Jesus says in John 10, my sheep listen to my voice. The implication of that is that God speaks to us. The implication, and not only that he speaks to us, that passage, John 10, where he says, my sheep listen to my voice, it's a daily speaking. It's a going in and out of the pasture for provision and for care. So, one of the ways you can let God's word wash over you and change you is make space to listen. 
And that just means sometimes I say, God, would you speak to me? And then I just am quiet and let him influence my heart and my mind. And one of the ways you can discern, is that God or is that not God, is you got to get in the Word. Because when he speaks to us through ways that are not in the Word, it will be congruent with the Word. So it's good to know your Word. So that if something walking comes to your mind, or something of fear or chaos, you can go, that's not of God. And you can have some discernment. But don't be afraid to ask him to speak to you. Because he says, my sheep listen to my voice, which means he's speaking daily. And his words change us. I want to give three examples of when the Lord spoke to me and changed me. And I think, uh, I, I think specifically it will uh, resonate. I, I hope it resonates, right? So the first one is when I was in fourth grade, the age of these core kids back here. When I was in fourth grade... I was at Wednesday night church. I was a preacher's kid, and I'd been in and out of church my whole life. But I had not given my life to Jesus. I was stubborn, and I was not doing it until I I just, you know, it was going to have to be an act of God, which, by the way, it always is. If you decide, if you believe in Jesus, and you decide to follow him, that's an act of God. Right? So I was fourth grade. I'm in church. This man named Peter Schultz, he was the associate pastor gives basically an altar call and I could not not go forward I all of a sudden I don't know if it was all of a sudden maybe it was a I I just believed and I wanted to follow Jesus and I just walked up to him and said I want to be a Christian and and then he led me to the Lord and and I've been following Jesus since but it's been a rocky road there's been times of questioning faith and there's been times of of doing my own way and my own thing and it's a rocky road but for sure I've been his from that moment Pete's words when he said do you want to follow Jesus washed over me and changed me and I went forward a second time where I experienced God speaking to me. I was at a convention. I say I was, I was a preacher's kid. So I was at a youth. So high, junior high, high school kids. Um, I was at this youth convention. It was called Fishnet. And there were thousands of people there. And there's, it, it's this thing. But I was an elementary, maybe junior high age kid. So I wasn't really part of the group. I was just the preacher's kid who got to go. And there's a man on stage named Tony Campolo. And he and I was walking across a hill probably at least 100 yards away, maybe 200 yards away. I was not a part of what was happening. He was talking, and everyone was listening, and I was bypassing, going from a store to our tent. I was just bypassing. And he said, this word is for someone out there, and I stopped. And I just knew it was for me. I don't even know how I knew. I just stopped. And he said, someone out there, one of you is called to study the word and then share what you learn with others. And I was just like, oh, that's me. And then I just walked. I just walked off. 
It just went to my tent, but it stayed in me, and it changed me, and it made life in me, and it dwelled in me, and, uh, and I couldn't get away from it. And it was that uneventful. It was the, that unspectacular. Oh, that's me. <laughs> and so the third one where I felt the word change me, and this is for some of you out here who find the word of God laborious. It's like, I don't get it. It's too much. I can't study it. I was in high school, and I was a little bit boy crazy. And um, we had a, a speaker at a, at a thing, and, um, and I think I even thought he was cute, you know, like. And um, I, he was teaching about how to study the word. But for me, I was not a good reader. And I'm still not a good reader. And so I didn't, studying the word was hard. And so he taught us one simple tool. He said, go to a concordance. I didn't even know what that was. Like he had to say what it was. Go to the concordance, pick a word that's meaningful to you, and then just read all the passages of that word. Well, I wanted to know about love. Because I was a teenage girl who was boy crazy. And, and maybe even a little shallow, as you can see. As you hear the story and it unfolds. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, so not recognizing the, you know, the depth of God's love. So I had a Bible. I didn't have a Strong's Concordance. Which if you don't have a Strong's Concordance, you should get one which has every word in the Bible and shows where it is and then what the meaning of it is, what from the original language, it'll blow your mind. And now there's an app called the Blue Letter Bible app that has it on your phone. It'll rock your world. If you're into studying the Bible, Blue Letter Bible app, get it. Okay, so I go to the concordance and I, you know, there's like, it's a little tiny baby concordance. So it's got like five or six or maybe ten, I don't even know, verses about love. And this is old school. I had to get a paper and pen. Pen. So that's a thing, a writing utensil that you use and it makes marks, right? So, so I had to break out the paper and the pen and write down every verse in this concordance that had the word love. And then I looked up the verses and I wrote the verses and then I read them. And then I read the verses that were around them for context because I had learned about context and how important that is because you can't just pull it out, right? And while I was studying about God's love, it came alive. I experienced something of life when reading the word. And it changed me. And I've been wanting to be in the word ever since. I've been chasing that life. And you don't have to chase far. You just got to get in it. And there it is again. And there it is again. So there's three examples of God's word changing me. And I hope that it spurs inside of you. So, man, we're only on verse three. Uh, okay, let's go. I'll move. Um, let's move to the next one. Four, five, and six. Okay, abide in me as I abide in you. That word abide is seen ten times in this passage. What does it mean? 
What does we got to know what it means? And here, because here we see a, an invitation. He's like, I want you to abide, Jesus. I want you to abide in me as I abide in you. I want to read to you what it means. I haven't looked at my notes in a little bit, so I got to find it. Here it is. Okay. The word abide. Strong's definition, the original is meno, not that that matters, but it is a verb. It means to stay, to abide, continue, dwell, endure, be present, remain, stand, tarry for, and thine own. So what we see here, this is not, this abide is not just a lackadaisical word of proximity. It's not just like, oh, I'm in a room near someone. This is a word of intimacy and turning towards and being present with longevity. Jesus is saying, I'm with you. I am present with you with longevity, with presence. I'm tearing with endurance, and I want that from you with me. I'm inviting you into that kind of presence. My son James, when he was little, one time he was talking, and he was a, he, he was, he was a verbal processor, and so was I, so bless him, right? And so he was talking, and we're in the same room, and I was listening, but I was doing other things at the same time. So I was in proximity, but not necessarily abiding, right? And he's talking, and he says, Mom, listen to me. And I said, I'm listening. And he says, listen with your face. Right? That is what Jesus, he's saying, listen to me. Listen with your face. Turn your whole being to me and be present with me. For the long haul. Because I am with you. Our Jesus is faithful and dear and is calling us into that faithfulness. And then he says, just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. So here, we can't produce fruit unless we are abiding with Jesus. We can't do it. And we get it backwards. I get it backwards sometimes. I'm like, oh, I haven't been good I don't have my act together, so I can't go be with God. I need to do some good stuff so I can earn my way to be with him. And he's saying, no, that's not how it works. Come be with me right now as you are. And out of that place of intimacy, he will produce his fruit. Don't get it backwards. Don't get it backwards. This is especially for, um, I, I, well, I think it's for all of us. Don't get it backwards. And then here's another thing. Uh, well, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those that abide in me and I in them bear much fruit. Because apart from me, you can do nothing. So apart from me, you can do nothing. Um, we can do things that look like life. So this is, this is a story to help you remember this. This is a little embarrassing, but it's true. So in 2019, Jonathan graduated from high school. And um, somebody gave to him um, this cute little cactus succulent thing, right? And it's small and it's adorable, right? And for two years, I, I took care of it and it didn't die, 
right? And I just like, I just like would just give it just a drop of water because I knew it was a cactus, right? A little bit of light, just the minimal care. Well, then I was watching a TikTok video. Yep. So I was watching a TikTok video and I saw a video of somebody talking about the fact that they were watering this little succulent and then they realized that it was fake. And they had kept it alive for a really long time and were really proud. And then they realized it was fake. And I was watching this and I was like, uh-uh, uh-uh. No, no. I go, and, and here's the thing, you guys. I, okay, so I go and pick it up. And there's like, there's this stuff that kind of looks like dirt. It's like it's got a little grainy, right? It was fake. I had kept it alive for two years. Jonathan is a senior in college, and it was his junior year when I realized that I had been taking care of a fake cactus. Sweet Jesus. And I was going to, I did take a picture of it, and then I didn't, and then I removed it from the slides. Because when you see the picture, you're going to be able to tell it's fake and it's embarrassing. So I, I even sent the slide later, and I was like, I'm not sure if I'm going to use it or not. And if, and if you can't get it up there, it's the Lord's mercy to me. But if you can, I will let him lift me up. No? Oh, you don't have it? Well, praise Jesus. Okay. I, I sent it separate, uh, like this morning, going back and forth of whether to, whether to send it. Here's the thing. We can produce things that look like life. And, and the church, we're good at that. Body of believers, we're good at that. God, don't let us produce things that just look like your life. We need to be spending time with the Lord and have congruence in that. And out of that place, let his fruit, let his activity be what comes out of us. And I do think that the Zoomers, the younger generation, doesn't have any uh, patience for the, the fake plant. They... And I think every generation of kids have seen it. And so, like, our hearts cry, Lord, don't let us pretend or even think we're producing life when, it, when it's not from you. So it's really important to just stay connected to Jesus. And so for me, even just waking in the morning and that Jesus' uh, prayer has been a lifesaver for me, Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me. I, I wake up, I touch the ground, and that's the first thing out of my mouth. It's become a practice. It doesn't always come out of my heart, but sometimes it does. Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me. And it's a way of turning to the Lord and listening to him with my face. And I'm saying, you are here, I'm acknowledging you, and I'm starting with you. Now, that doesn't mean that my day is sunshiny and beautiful because I am a sinner, right? But I'm at least starting there. It's a practice of just starting Jesus Christ. And because I, I know that I have to start with him. Um, I am, okay, we're going to go to the next part. 
If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish. So if you abide in me and my words abide in you, uh, we've talked a little bit about how God's words can abide in you. Be in the word. uh, Study the word. Memorize scripture passages. If somebody gives you a word of encouragement, write it down. Linger there. What is good and lovely and uh, things that you know are of the Lord that he has spoken to you. Write them down. Let those things make a home in you. Because then it influences your asker. He says, whatever you ask, I'll do it. That's because you're asking what he wants you to ask. If you, what you hang out with, where you spend your mind and your heart, is what is coming out of your mouth for requests. And when you spend time with the Lord, he changes your asker. You start to ask for things that are out of his heart. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. It says that in Psalm. That's when you delight yourself in the Lord. It's not that all of a sudden he gives you everything you want. He changes what you want. So, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish, it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. So we see the benefit of here. Your asker is transformed. You will bear much fruit. And then his father is glorified. Glory, glory is this. It's it's a word, Kathy Jo Wicks, if you know her, she's with Jesus. She taught me about the word glory in scripture. Glory means the essence that is the presence of God. If If the Father is glorified in you, the essence that is the presence of God is reflected in you. God's presence is reflected in you. I mean, and when you get to know who he is as love, and you will become my disciples. Disciple is a word implying that he is your rabbi. I would say uh, I, wanna, I just want to speak to these 20-somethings. But I think it's true, for, it's true for all of us. Start to pray. Jesus, will you let me know the intimacy of you as my rabbi? With you as my teacher? Because Jesus as the teacher is lifelong and it implies a following of him. There's more there about when, Mary, when he appeared to Mary after he was resurrected. I'm just going to say it. Oh my gosh, time. I'm feeling it, Wallace. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rein it in after the story. So, so Mary appears, uh, Jesus appears to Mary Magdalene right after. And he, she didn't know who he was. And... Um, she says, where is my, where, where's Jesus? Where have you put his body? And Jesus says, calls her by name, Mary. And then interesting enough, her response to him is she calls him rabbi. She says rabboni, which is the, but she, she calls him rabbi. You've got the resurrected Jesus. She's longing for him and wanting to be with him. And the name, she could have chosen a thousand names And she chooses my teacher. Ask the Lord to be your teacher. The last thing 
we're going to skip skip to mm, nope back one more and we're going to end with this one Jesus as the father has loved me so I've loved you if you don't know how much God loves you ask him right now show me how much you love me Show me. My mom used to say, have you heard the good news? Jesus loves you. And when she said it, people's lives were changed. And it's because she believed it. And the fruit of her belief was trans would transform people just by saying that. Have you heard the good news? Jesus loves you. Do you not know how much Jesus loves you? Say, show me. Because it'll change you. And then Jesus says, I have loved you. The same way God the Father loves me. And I want you to live to make your home that love. Making your home the love of Jesus is everything. It is what we are made for. And then he says, I have said these things to you so that your joy, so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. So I'm going to read to you. It's like, why, why joy? I mean, that feels like you just bait and switched us. What's happening? I mean, I'm all for joy, but what's going on? I'm going to read to you all the things that Jesus just said he gives to you as the vine. And you can't hear this list, this gift in this list, and not recognize that he is saying to you, I want you to feel the fullness of my love. And here's all the gifts. Not even all of them. This is just a part of them. And if you grab a hold of that, it'll give you joy. Jesus said, these are all components straight from this passage. Jesus said, I love you like my father loves me. I am inviting you to live in my love I always keep my father's commands of love. I want to be your rabbi. Produce a ton of fruit, fruit, fruit through you. And glorify my father through you. I speak living words to you. And I invite you to let my words make their home with you. My words change you, Jesus says. I remove and wash from you what isn't good from you. I lift you up out of darkness. I care for you with intimacy of of the best farmer in the world and offer for you to have great intimacy with the true source of life. Jesus is so good. Dear Heavenly Father, I do ask that we would connect to you as the true source of life. Give us patterns and disciplines to connect with you. And if anybody's in here has never decided to follow Jesus and wants to, I say do it. Your life he will fill you with his life and produce his love through you and sustain you. Come, Holy Spirit.